What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wesley Euler back for segment number two, Steelers Nation Radio. And, you know, for those that don't know, we do have a little nickname that we like to give ourselves on the show, you know, in terms of me and Wes, and usually with Chris Carter, man, we call yes. ourselves 130 Amigos. Yes. Unfortunately, we did cool. lose a member of the real Amigos, man. Um, take off one of the members of that group. Uh, did pass away tragically, man, the other night. So, you know, definitely was very, very sad to hear that, man, because obviously that's somebody that culturally we relate to. Correct. Musically, we really enjoy it, you know, especially for the day one listeners on our show, man, that have been a part of that journey. They know some hey, more of the we, younger we listeners like as well, too. Fun, especially yep. when Chris Carter come yep. on with us, man. So now that was definitely sad, man. Give him a moment yeah. of silence as well, man. So just give him a little pause for the call. For sure. Yeah, tw- sure. Just 28 years, years I keep, old, I keep thinking about that. Like, 28 years old. That's yeah. just, I mean, to me, like, I'm going to be 32 in a couple months. Bro. That seems like a long time ago. I mean, I, didn't, man. I got a year-old daughter now. I didn't have any kids back then. Yeah. I mean, Morgan and I got a house now. We were living in a townhouse back. Like, this 28 years old. That's so young. It's tragic, bro. It is. It's tragic, man. <clears throat> so, yeah. Definitely was not, you know, happy to hear that, man. See that type of information floating around yesterday either. But... Just, you know, as to the uh, significance of being in the present, man. Absolutely. Cherishing every moment you get because you literally yeah, never know precious for when sure. it's going to be your last one, man. So, yep. you know, just always re- be reminded of those type of things, no, man. No, well said. Well said. Yeah. But um, as we transition back to the football side of this thing, um, we were talking about how the Steelers were being very active at the trade deadline yesterday, not just trading Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears for a 2023 second-round draft pick, but they also did business with the Washington Commanders uh, yesterday as well, trading for cornerback William Jackson III. Um, 
couple of things when you're talking about him. Uh, backstory. Coming out of college, man, the Steelers wanted to draft him in 2016. Bengals took him literally the pick before the we pick did. Before. The pick We ended up drafting Artie Burns, to give you that context, all right? Since then, obviously, William, like I said, he's played seven seasons in the league, um, predominantly in Cincinnati. Finished up that last year um, with the Washington Commanders in 2021, where he even signed a three-year, $42 million deal with them. So, as I said, this is 2021. So, we're in 2022 right now. That we are. You, you kind of catch what I'm saying. Uh, right? I'm picking up what you're putting All down. Right. All right. <laughs> but in terms of William, what are you getting? You're getting a, a good size, nice length, uh, speed, man-to-man corner. Um, fundamentally sound in terms of at the point of attack I like him a lot better in press coverage than off-man coverage. But smart guy, good ball skills in terms of getting his head around. Um, likes to keep it, you know, keep it physical in a sense. But that is a part of his game, man, but not a highly or overly penalized guy. Just a good player. Um, in terms of where he is at this stage, slowing down, yes. But you can still get something out of him as well. And I think that's part of the reason why he was available contract-wise, why he was available on the market, because for Washington, you can kind of see that reflected in his play where he still does some good things, but is he necessarily worth a three-year, $42 million contract? I personally would not right. commit that type right. of capital to him. But for us right now, we're not on the hook for any of this except $2.77 million. The commanders are on the hook for the rest, and then after that, the way his contract is structured, you essentially can get out of it. So you have him for the same caliber rental, essentially, as a Keller Witherspoon a year ago. And we saw how that ended up, you know, playing out for us. End of the year, <clears throat> he comes on, he gets really hot, and now from there, we're able to re-sign him this offseason. But um, with uh, with William Jackson, I do think that he's going to help us out a lot. Um, I just don't know to what level. Okay. I don't think he's Joe Hayden in terms of his impact when we brought him in. I think Joe, at that time in his career, was still um, healthier, more productive player. Just a better player. Sure, sure. But one was drafted in the top ten, you know, other guy, you know, in the teens. So it was a little bit different in terms of that context as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But William, I definitely think, is going to be one of the more veteran guys. Think veteran mentality in the sense of Cam Sutton, but way better athlete, way better prototypical size. But when we talk about Akello, Witherspoon, and Levi Wallace, they have the prototypical size. But in terms of NFL experience, starting experience, sure. day game experience, sure. they're still newer. Levi Wallace is a little bit further advanced than Akello, but they're still early in that portion of being guys. Sure. That's, Not a, that's, what, that's a good way to put it. being a guy. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Cam Sutton, he's been a guy. William Jackson has been a guy. So with that, I do think that helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. But the big question is going to be, the amount of man-to-man that we're playing and what we're asking him to do, how productive can he be on a playing and playoff basis? I do think that he fits what we're trying to do, and he does tackle, which I like as well. Physical guy. He's not afraid, you know, to tackle yeah, guys. over we, 200 we, tackles right. in his career. And we definitely like that. But that that's, you know, in terms of the man-to-man defense that we're going to be playing, as we saw last week with Akello, you're going to get put in some spots how can you stand up? If you stand up like a big dog, you're going to be fine. But you can also see that when if it does go bad, it can get really bad. Kind of like <laughs> what happened with Akello. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. I think that that's kind of the um, scouting report, if you will, uh, is that William Jackson, there's, there's certainly positive there. There's certainly traits there. But there's doesn't seem like much middle ground. 
Correct. It's it's either really good, boomer bust. It's boomer bust. That's yeah. that's that's the that's the descriptor that I'm looking for there. I don't mind bringing in a guy like this. One when you've had some some struggles and some injuries mm-hmm. in the secondary this year as Both. well too. Especially in the short term as well. Especially in the short term. Uh, and two, when, you know, it's again, it's not like you're giving up a, a ton of uh, resources or draft capital to bring this guy in. And the third angle of this for me, Motsi, is... Yeah, it's a conditional seventh in 2025 okay. for a conditional sixth in 2025. So you're really just swapping picks at the, at the back end of the draft yeah. three years from now. On a conditional basis as well. Do I care about 2025? Do I it care about even, conditional six and seven rounders yet. Like, I'm good. I ain't yeah. worried about 2025. Seventh round draft pick in 2025. I'm good on that. To me, too, this gets back to something that, listen, we can argue. We, we, we brought this up a little bit in the first segment of the show about what the Steelers are philosophically now. Correct. Right? How that started, to, how we thought we knew for so long what the Steelers were, how they operated, how they did business. How that started to not do a complete you know, seismic shift again, but how it started to change a little bit towards the end of mm-hmm. Kevin Colbert's tenure, a little more active in the trade market, going up in the draft, getting Minka Fitzpatrick, more active in free agency, some of these things, right? One thing, though, that we still know about the Steelers for sure, and we will as long as Mike Tomlin is at the helm, the bench boss of this organization. They're better at signing free agent corners than drafting them. Well, that as well, too, but oh. <laughs> that's not where I was going oh, with this. Bad, bad, but bad. a solid point by you. <laughs> when they... Uh, let me let me say that. Let me phrase this differently. They put a ton of stock into their pre-draft evaluations. One hundred percent. We've seen this track record. We have Absolutely. seen this track record. This is one of those things we could argue a lot about, yes. or not even argue, but we could just debate what is the Steelers' you know phil- philosophy on a lot of these different organizational building mm-hmm. things. One that we know for sure is that they put a ton of stock into their pre-draft process. They built the draft. Combine. <laughs> Front end or back Pro end. <laughs> days. Everything in between. The workouts. The in-person meetings. All that stuff. It's a big part of the reason why, right, as soon as Minka Fitzpatrick became available in 2019, they said, yeah, we're going to get him. Mm-hmm. Because Mike Tomlin and company loved that guy when he was coming out of Alabama. They just knew that there was no chance they were going to have a draft pick high enough to select him. This is correct. And that is how they do business in a lot of ways. A lot of the people that they target in free agency were guys that they really liked throughout the NFL draft process. There's a history of this. There's a track record of this. And again, this is one of the things that is not going to change, at least as long as Mike Tomlin is at the is at the helm uh, of the organization and William Jackson III was, as you mentioned, a guy that if he would have been there on the uh, on the big board, if he would have been available in 2016, the Steelers would have taken him. Mm-hmm. The Bengals nabbed him right before at pick 24, before the Steelers drafted Artie Burns. They liked this guy uh, coming out of college, You know what he was able to do at Houston there, uh, what they saw from him at his pro day, at the combine, at the times that they got together and met and sat down with him and talked to the coaches and the people around him. And so when you combine all these things, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's at a position of need. You really didn't have to give up any capital at all. You're just swapping late-round draft picks three years from now in 2025. I mean, who knows if we'll even all be here in 2025? we got to have an asteroid hit the Earth before then, and we could be like the dinosaurs. I thought we was going to have that floating too, cars. Is that too doom and gloom? I mean, you're always doom and gloom. You're a WU fan. Come on, man. <laughs> Everything you say be doom and gloom. Hey, man, how you feel this game? Oh, man, I don't know, man. Ah, oh, God, dog, man. Ah. Yep. <laughs> Stop the doom and gloom. Stop it. Hope for the worst. Stop it. Then expect the worst. <laughs> Wait a second. Did I butcher that? Stop it. 
There's no hoping for the best and expecting the worst. It's <laughs> hoping like, for like, the worst. It's hoping for pain and expecting pain. But when I feel this week, ah, man, they ain't looking good. Ah, man, we got this. Ah, we're going to fight, but ah. <laughs> we're going to lose to Iowa State in the middle of nowhere. Ames, Iowa to drop to two and six. Yay, I can't wait. But I'm going to tune in, though. Oh, buddy, 3, 3.30, you know, I'll be locked, on, you know I'll be locked in. <laughs> At least the good news is I got the Billy Strings concert Saturday night hey, to get hey, to get me hey. through it and pull me out of my depression after the Mountaineers fall to 2-6. and six. Um, I, To me, this makes a lot of sense. It's one of those low-risk, potentially high rewards. I mean, yeah, he is. I saw a little bit of this on, on Twitter yesterday. You know, he, he just turned 30 years old. He's, yeah. a, he's an October birthday. People saying, like, all right, even if even if it works out, is he going to be here in two years? Is he going to be here in three years? You know, he'll be close to his, his mid-30s by then. And we know, you know, defensive back, you got to have that athleticism. As soon as you lose half a step, a lot of times that can be the difference. But right now, this makes a lot of sense. It's at a position of need. It's at a position where the Steelers have been a little banged up with some injury concerns this year and right now. And again, a guy that they liked when he was coming out of, of Houston. And he fits what we're doing. And he fits he what the Steelers man are doing. to man, yep. press, get hands on yep. you corner. At times, man, like not saying that he is, but it would always remind me a little bit when I was watching him, kind of like how Ike used to look out there. Ooh. I used to be like, man, I like the handsiness. I like the fundamentals. I like the aggressiveness up front. But at the same time, it's like I get why that's a, that's a tough way to play this thing because – yeah, it's high risk, high it's, reward. It's high risk, high <laughs> yes. reward. It is. But and, I like the energy, though, man. And the tape is out there. It, oh, it definitely is. It he's definitely is. he's had some high reward type plays. Absolutely. He's had some high risk type plays. Yeah. That's that's what you've got to hope that uh, you know that you can get the better of, of those two options. Yes. There. Absolutely, absolutely, man. But um, for me, man, when I saw this move, I did like it a lot, just in the sense of because it reminded me or it reassured me. Of the direction of this team. Okay. <clears throat> Meaning this, man, when you saw the Chase Claypool move, we didn't know what was going to happen after that. Was that the first domino of many? Or was that going to be the only move? Or was it going to be we're losing this, but we're bringing somebody else back in? And that was my concern initially. But it was good to see that their response was bringing in a corner that can help you now. Mm-hmm. A guy that you're looking as you're looking at on a short-term basis because of the freedom to get out of his contract, you know, this offseason. So with that, it's like, no, this is still a win-now team. This is still a we're trying to evaluate to see what pieces that we currently have and to see if they can strike gold twice in terms of picking up, or excuse me, three times in a row now in terms of adding on a, a veteran corner late or uh, late in the process yeah, and then yeah. coming in and performing. Joe Hayden, like we talked, we signed him right before the season started. Akella Witherspoon traded for him right before the season started. And now you trade for William Jackson six weeks into the season. It's like, all right, let's see if we can make this thing happen again. Because with the first two, it has worked out. So I'm hoping that this adds to that. So that was the other thing that I did like about it. I also thought in terms of just a veteran presence in the secondary. One of my big things when I'm looking at this team offensively and defensively is not a lot of veterans out there that have won, that have been a part of big moments, that have been a part of the, the, the real action. You know, Some guys are old. But they don't necessarily have, you know, a track record of experience being out there. And then when I think of us defensively, it's like the oldest dude is what? Cam? Hayward. Not Sutton. Cam Hayward. Oh, yeah. Oldest guy in the secondary is what? Sutton? I believe so. And it's like, man, like, that's still different. It's like, he's impactful without a doubt. And he's definitely emerged. But when that's my only guy, not saying best player because Mika's the best player in the secondary, but Mika's still a young player. 
when you talk about Edmonds, Edmonds is still a younger player in this thing. Yeah. When you start They're both fifth, fifth year, fifth right? Fifth year guys, right? Yeah, yeah. That's still young. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're crossing over. They're in that middle part where they're not going to be young forever. But, like, when I see a William Jackson seven years in this thing, that, like, yo, you've been around. And it's not just seven years of you being in the league. Seven years of you being a starter. You being on some teams that, you know, were competitive. So it's like you've felt that type of pressure. You're going to be able to communicate highs, lows. You're going to be able to communicate how to stay, you know, locked in mm-hmm. when adversity hits. When you're younger players, you don't always understand that. And depending on what your collegiate program was like, you really might not understand how hard it is to, you know, sustain dominance and sustain excellence. Not everybody goes to Bama. Serious. Like, it's been plenty of teammates where, like, yo, we had to learn how to win. We had to learn this mindset, this mentality, because we weren't like this in college. I was fortunate. College, we won a ton. You, that's all you did was win. Yeah, but I also had this experience in terms of my high school. My high school, we were trash. We never won. I remember you talking so about that. So that was yeah. like my reason. You didn't even have a winning season in your nah, high school uh, best career, year was, did you? What, uh, best year was four and six. Jeez. Yeah, yeah and that was like rock star. Like we, we, and you were four-year starter, so yeah. you had four opportunities. Yeah, they, they, they were like, when we went four and six, that was like a massive deal for us. Like, yo, it was we, like, we Can- it was it like Kansas football going, yeah, going we're, we're four like and turning six. it around. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you go back home, and my team is like nice as heck. Are they? Yeah, yeah, they're like really good now. Good, but nice. like, it took some time. It took a lot of time. Well, you it's know? because you you laid the foundation. That's what we like for, to say. That's what we like. You to laid say. the foundation, you know? and then they were able to build upon it. But that that's one of those things that when you're talking about bringing in guys that have been around this league, bringing in guys that have had success in this league, that is a contagious thing. That is how you help develop some of these younger guys, the mentality part. Because mm-hmm. I even go back to the offense side. It's like, man, I look at George Pickens and I'm like, who are you going to for your veteran you know, mentorship? Who is your OG, so to speak? You're, you're a guy that's guiding you. It's Deontay. It's Claypool. But they're babies in their own right. Mm-hmm. They're still young. They're still figuring it out in their own right. Mm-hmm. So that, like, when you add a guy like William, I do like that. And he's a guy that's been in this division as well. So you also understand he knows AFC that North ball. part, yeah. too. So I, I was really impressed. I really like this. Now I'm just hoping that the productivity can reflect all of the other things that he brings to the table. These are intangibles, and they're cool. But if the on-field part isn't what it needs to be, all this is going to be for naught. So Correct. that's the part for me where I'm hoping that – that productivity can come out there because, like I said, I mean, he is who he is. Seven years, it is what it is. He got a nice contract for a reason, but they're also moving on for him from a reason. So I try to explain that the best yeah, way I yeah. can. <laughs> well, you know, the lit one, Rebecca tweets and says, can you guys talk about his back injury and him being benched? I mean, those are, listen, that's why he was available on the trade market. That's why you were able to to get him for a swap uh-huh. and a conditional sixth and seventh round picks. Um, like I said, you're not getting a caliber player like this or with this type of scenario without something going on. Yeah, if, we didn't just trade for right. Jalen Ramsey. It's like, and if you did, you saw what you'd have to give up to get him. Correct. We saw when that happened. Correct. So if you're getting that type of proven commodity, it's going to cost that type of money. We didn't pay that type of money for this commodity. We paid a conditional seventh. And we taking on two point seven seven mil. That is a very different type of what we're taking on. It's low risk with some some yeah. potential upside. The back injury is real. It's legitimate. Yeah. That's part of the play part. When you talk about him being benched, that was also part of the play part. You know, let's it's like, not act like we haven't done that yeah. this year as well. We too, we just did that on. We Sunday. just did that on Sunday. Sat so, somebody down yeah. and brought James Pierre in because prior to that he was playing. Uh, let's see. Let me pull it up. It was 100% of the snaps defensively, so 100%, 95%, 100% the first three games they had. 
they get to Tennessee. That's when he starts, you know, going through what he was going through. 23 snaps, and then from there, he ain't really seen it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so hopefully he's had time to have that back injury healed. Yeah. You know, that's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. But once again, we shall see. Here's the hoping. But that's part of the reason why when you're saying, like, when you hear me talk about him, it's not like I'm tippy to him, but it's kind of like a mixed bag sure. with him. Like, is he good when healthy? Yes. When he is compromised, is he still that same caliber player? No. Is he better than what we currently have when healthy? Yes. Today, is his back healthy? I don't know. Well, now hold on, Doctor Motes. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I'm just experts. I'm just going for what I see on tape. Now hold on. <laughs> you know what I'm Me <laughs> tweeted us earlier and called you Doctor Motes. So. I just go off of what I see on tape. Okay. I'm like I'm like Doctor Phil. Uh, well, if you I'm are if you are Doctor Motes, you might be running for uh, governor of Pennsylvania, right? Or is it uh, Senate? Or I is think it Senate? Right? It shows yeah. how much I pay attention. It's all good, man. It's, it's just all white noise to me at this it's point. It's all good, man. It's just all it's all white noise to me at this point. Doctor Motes ain't running for office. He's hosting mm-mm. Stiller's radio. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's listen. Cornerback, right? Is it's one of those premium positions in the National Football League. And it's one of them positions where you're good yeah. until you're not. It, you, hey, you. It's usually a cliff. It's 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 <laughs> don't know what honestly. It's, <laughs> It's it's a lot like offensive line in this sense. Yeah. It's a lot like offensive line in this sense, Motsi. Oh man! Almost everybody in the league is looking for help mm-hmm. in that department. This is true. Almost everybody in the league right now would welcome some help on the offensive line. Almost everybody in the league right now would welcome some help with their secondary. They're just positions of need yes. for almost everyone. There and, are exceptions to that. Obviously, we just saw one this past Sunday. And, and let's also throw it out there that um, not only do they always want it. It's like if you're giving getting rid of the guy, you think he's the worst player ever. If you're bringing him in, you're like, yo, this is the guy that's going to help us. And let's look. look we that, just had a recent example yeah. of this. The Steelers got a Kello for nothing. P- a fifth P- round pick. And if you talk to Seattle fans, they're like, oh, we got y'all. You can have them. And at first, it looked like they it were right. Like it. Yep. And then down the stretch at the end of last season, mm-hmm. you know what, Motsi? Yep. I'm going to say it. You're not You're not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. Steelers might not have made the playoffs last year without a Kello Witherspoon. Yeah. He did some things, man. He had he some big did. splash plays down the stretch, right? Three interceptions in the last four games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I ain't going to sit here and lie to you. Ben Roethlisberger was the straw that was stirring that drink to get the Steelers into the playoffs, right? The old gunslinger had just enough left under his old cowboy hat, just enough cattle to ride him it's, into the postseason. Because he understood. All you got to do is throw it, you know, 10 to 12 yards down the field as soon as you snap it, man. Don't worry about the protection, but we got this. But Akella Witherspoon was a big part of why the Steelers were able to win those games down the stretch last season. So these that that pendulum can swing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Jackson, he might have a couple good weeks with the Steelers. He might have a couple weeks where he he doesn't play so well. He gets torched, and we're all pulling out our hair. That is one the nature of that position but a lot of times. Two point seven seven that we're paying for. And 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 again, <laughs> it's a cheap rental. It's not relatively it's, relatively cheap for the position. It's not going out to get Jalen Ramsey yeah. or you know bringing in someone like J.C. Jackson in free agency. Yeah, but pedigree wise, he is going to have the most pedigree in that room. Um, productivity wise, he's going to have the most productivity in that room. Um, like I said, none of our corners, Levi, Kello, Cam Sutton combined, have had a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal. Period. Okay, so just just understand, like when he's healthy. Is he good? Yes. If he's healthy and he is the player that we think he can be, then, yeah, he should be our best corner. Should be. But like I said, that's the big question mark. That's the big if. That's why he's available, and that's why the money is what it is. It's like when you get the, the you know, it's buy at your own risk. It's the floor model. All sales funnel. 
It looks dope. It might have a dent. We could steal it and get a great pickup. It might be a dud. Steve said it's the floor model by now. No returns. In front of the refrigerator looks great. On the back side, there's a big dent. Just, you know, that's why it's marked down. But it might work amazing for you. <laughs> I love that analogy. It's the truth. <laughs> I, and I'm very conflicted talking about him because I'm like, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but the context does have to be there. Otherwise, you set an unrealistic expectation for this player, and now they come back looking at us like, yo, y'all always give us. Why are you, you gassing know, everybody up? Usually you give us facts. This time y'all gave us that that 93, that premium. Uh, I, I try not to guess. Try to just, that 93 is expensive right yeah, now. Yeah, I ain't trying to pay that 93. And if I, had to, if I had to fill it up with 93, I might just buy a hybrid. And you got that big Rolls Royce you be driving around the town and stuff. I know how you roll. El Presidente. With the flags on the back. Say, take me home. So, I uh, I bought a Powerball ticket last night. It's like up over a billion dollars. How much we get? It's like $1.2 billion, I think. Ooh, okay, okay. We Are we taking the payout or are we going to do payments? How, how we? Oh, doing I'm taking it? it a lump sum. I know oh, okay. it's less, but I'm taking a lump sum. I, I'm with you. I, I, Again, you never know how. I mean, I, I'm living for now. You never know how long. 2025 is a long time away. Let's live for now, man. Let's so, li- so, we're so, living so, for now. So, when we hit, you know. Where are we going to go first? So, of course, right? Morgan, that's always the fun conversation, right? Mm-hmm. It's all right. What's, the, what's first? the first thing you do? If you what are we doing first? I said to Morgan, I said, I'd never drive anywhere again. <laughs> you definitely need a chauffeur. I said, I, oh, I said, yes. I said, I'd have a chauffeur. I'd be taking a helicopter. Sh- I'd be taking a private jet me. everywhere I went. All right. If we're going out to, to Philly for the weekend, we taking a private jet. We rolling up to Atlantic Aviation there in Moon, and we hopping on a PJ. I ain't driving anywhere. I'll sell my car. I ain't driving ever again. I love that mindset. I'm so chicken. I'm like, I want a driver because I hate to fly. Drive me anywhere you want to drive really? me to. I hate. Flying, oh no! Bro. See, I'd have a hel- and, I'd have a helicopter, and, 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 and I'd be like, and, 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 and not just, I'd take it 20 minutes away if out. I had to. And check it out. Not just do I hate flying. I'm like, yo. All plays that have issues are these privates. I don't want a private plane. No, put me on a commercial. <laughs> it's more checks and balances. Dang it! I'm no, I'm be like, oh, I gotta drive downtown. That's a half an hour drive. I'm <laughs> taking the I'm taking the helicopter. I'll be there in seven minutes. I'm over here. I instantly start thinking about every. You know how you said doom and gloom early. When it comes to flights, helicopter and, and regular planes, I instantly think every doom and gloom scenario. The first thought I thought of when I thought about flying, I remember this verbatim. I'm 17. About to turn 18. We're getting ready to take my Recruiting first college trip. visit. Nice. Flying to Kent State. First time I'm having to fly. I was freaking out because my movie and my mom was Passenger 57. Oh, gee. see, say, that's why you can't watch those movies. I was like, yo, this ain't good, man. I was like, yo, we're going to get movies. hijacked. And then what happens if this? And I ain't got nowhere to go. And then, man, this plane ain't even as big as that plane. So we can't even hide like this. Or, or what if it? And then the turbulence start happening. I'm like, bruh, what is going? Oh, it's just a cloud. What cloud shake the whole plane? What type of cloud? I ain't never seen the cloud move, let alone shake a plane. Yes. Yes. So ever since I've been scarred, bro. It's like the worst thing ever for me. Well, it's time for me to put on yeah, my glasses and tell you, well, you know, Arthur Motes, you're actually more you, you, likely to get know, in an accident behind the seat you, you of a co- wheel of a car you, you than you are in an airplane. You're, you're safer in an airplane, but but guess what? You're more likely to survive an auto crash than you are a plane crash. Okay, there we go. So yeah, I always want, I always have to give them that back whenever they say that. And shout out to that movie too, 2012, or excuse me, Day After Tomorrow, because that's when it dropped. And I remember when they said that. And it's cool. That's why you can't watch movies like We Are Marshall. Exactly. You can't do it. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You can't yeah, do it. Yeah. You, you know who thought it was. Uh, Got a cost teammate, right? You know what, Jamie? We ain't fly everywhere. Jamie, we only flew about twice in four years. Okay. Oh, really? 
Well, I guess that's true. We and a bus lot of, everywhere. You bus everywhere. And, and no, no, it is not close. It's we, not like you're. It's bro, not like you. Well, it's true. We we don't we don't bus them from Harrisonburg, Virginia to Young's uh, to Youngstown, Ohio. That's a that's a drive. That was what, about six, seven hours? That was about eight and a half on a bus. Eight, oh, eight yeah. and a half on a bus. Yeah. I went from Youngstown, Ohio yeah. to North Dakota once on oh, a bus. Yeah. You, I can 20 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd have rather been flying. But yeah, we get on. And of course, while we on the tarmac, we all march. You stopped at the. I lost my mind. We all march. Boy, what the? I have a Matthew McConaughey walk through this door. They start singing voice to me. Go to the end. Of the road. I'm like, bro, I'm about to kill all y'all. Okay, you ain't got to throw I'm about walking. This plane I'm walking. I'll see you guys okay, there tomorrow. I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Yeah, bro, I hate flying with a passion. So, yes, man, if I got to that low ridge, I'm sure fit everywhere. But it's going to be like John Madden. Like the tour bus. Sure. I'm a John Madden type of You can have when a nice big, out, uh, what is it, Prevost, right? Yeah. Isn't that the company that makes the big, yeah. all the big tour buses right. well, for I, all the musicians and everything? That that's what he was doing. I was like, you know what? That's my type of guy. I'm a bus or boat type of guy. Because I feel like I can survive a boat crash. You catch me on I can the, at least get on the raft. You catch me I, on the... I can try to swim. <laughs> you catch me on the PJ every Saturday, wherever the Mountaineers were going to lose, uh, I'd be there. I was like, yo, coming out that air? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't even like roller coasters like that. Lord, mama. <laughs> I barely want... You know when they give you the hotel and they be like, yo, you on the top floor? This the view. I'm like, bro, you ain't got to put me all the way up here on the top floor, man. You can put me in the middle somewhere, baby. I promise I ain't going to trip. <laughs> I hate it, bro. I'm too big to be scared of heights, but I hate heights, man. That's not my thing, that man. That is why. That is not my I thing. I love doing this show with Arthur Boats. Okay. Decade in the NFL. <laughs> car crash every single play. <laughs> violent sport. Violent <laughs> position. But don't put them on an airplane. Hey, yo. I, I'm just not. I've literally seen, like, every movie that has, like, Sully. I've seen, seen flight. I've seen Cuban flight. Dan they, just tweeted upside, us about he, flight. He flips it upside down. And he's drunk while he's flying. I'm like, bro. And that's actually one of my favorite movies. I love the scene where he's actually getting ready to go to court, and they play uh, "Sympathy of the uh, Sympathy for the Devil." Yep. I love that scene with that song. It was epic. Please allow you know? me to but, introduce but it, myself. It, it, another movie, Gray. You remember that movie with Liam Nelson? He's in the woods fighting the wolves. I don't know if I remember. Bro, that one. it's one of the most vivid crash scenes you will ever see in oh, a movie. Geez. Him putting the seatbelt on all this. I'm like, bro. And I literally had to fly like two days after that, too. I can't Hard stand. Pass. I hate flying. Hard pass. Hate with a passion. You watch Top Gun, though? Bro, I've watched, if it's a flight movie, I watch Top Gun. I watch, you know what else I watch? You ever seen Independence Day? The scene where oh. they flying through the, through the valley? Dude. I got to give me one of these. So it's been times where I try to psych myself up because when it's turbulence, I'm like, bro. And I'm rambling. I know. But it's the bye week. So y'all got to deal with it today. I love y'all, too. But it's been times, bro, where the turbulence gets too crazy. And I'm freaking out so bad, but I'm trying to keep it cool. I'll be trying that, to envision that, that, like that's, that's my scene. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm just driving through here. It's aliens I'm chasing after. That's why it's bumped up and down. And yes, bro, I hate flying. If y'all haven't caught that but the last seven minutes of me talking about hate flying, I, this is it, okay? <laughs> y'all have it. Now, and y'all see, I fly a lot too, unfortunately, but I hate it. Yeah. Never I, have I'm gotten not a big turbulence. I'm not a big turbulence guy. Thing, it does, it does it throw not me my off. Thing. I always... Think of that Wiz Khalifa line in the song Dreamer, mm-hmm. where he says, I pray to God watching over me on every flight. Mm-hmm. Anytime mm-hmm. a little turbulence hits, I'm like, oh, God, oh don't, yep. don't leave that Wiz Khalifa yep. song quick. Yep. And then I will end it with this, man. Um, there was a rap artist, The Game. He said, man, one of the reasons why I don't fly private, he's like, I haven't had the best life. And I'm afraid that if I'm up there by myself, God ain't going to be like, yo, give him a pass, man. He's going to be like, you know what? Now nah, you deserve this. He was like, at least I'm flying commercial, though. There's 200 other souls like, It might be a mom. It might be a doctor. It might be this, like, kid up there. So he's going to give me a chance. And when I heard that, I said, you know what? <laughs> you right, baby. You right. 
looks so commercial to kid. But either way, this is Arthmos Wesley. We will be going to break right here on SNR. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.